Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We are live out here in spring training, courtesy of Sonic. Also want to thank the on-time experts and Best Buy Windows and Siding for making this trip happen. We've had a blast. We're going to have Kirby Yates on the show as well as, we're hoping, either Marcus Simeon or Wyatt Langford. So I'm looking forward to today's show. Are you what already if, ready to trade Wyatt Langford after yesterday? I am, or I am not. Back down? I am, I am he not. He made three outs and two at-bats. <laughs> <laughs> he grounded into a double play uh-huh. after Evan Carter yeah. rocked one. It was yeah. a great shot by Evan yeah. Carter. He said, give me some more Yamamoto. <laughs> and then he uh, did. It. What was the se- the second one? It was a strike. Good exit velocity off that double play ball. Though. So he it did w- hit it hard. It was a uh, it was a tough it was a tough day, but it was a man. This it was a uh, the environment here was just like we like it whenever it's like that. Uh, Dodgers fans showed up. The whole thing out there was full and it was a packed play. So. Again, like we were saying, it did feel like a smaller group, obviously, but it did feel like bigger moments yeah. as people were stepping to the plate. Obviously, we're hoping to get Wyatt Langford today. I can't say we will or will not, but we're hoping to. And what if we gave, like, because he'd be on the Blue Chew hot seat. Yep. What if we gave them, like, a subscription to Blue Chew for joining us? Here in spring training, do you do you think maybe the older players would be? I don't know more <laughs> like the interested. coaches, the coaching staff. Yeah. Would be like, thank you very much. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> we'll have to talk again with our advertising team about that. And yes, for people asking, we will talk about the stars' excellent trade from last night. But I wanted to talk about the man who took the bump yesterday for the Texas Rangers. Let's go and fire off cut number three. Now, this is a regular season cut. Or, excuse me, this is a last year cut, not spring training from yesterday cut, but still. Bradford ready. Hayes is ready. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck out on a pitch that was up and in. The fastball there from Bradford. So two men are gone in the inning. Bradford with three strikeouts here in relief. Now, I get the focus was on Yamamoto yesterday, one hit, three strikeouts. Yes, I know it was Evan Carter who got that hit. Three strikeouts in two innings, whereas Cody Bradford looked fine out there. Not overpowering, but fine, and I feel like that is frequently the M.O. for Cody Bradford. So what I really wanted to chat up with you guys, maybe the the Tolos, the Twolos, the YouTubers as well, if you want to get involved in the conversation, I get it that right now at this juncture – 
he looks like he's going to be the fifth starter. But wouldn't he – isn't he better suited to be a long relief option in the bullpen? In a perfect world, I'll agree with you. Okay. I, I mean, I do think that he's going to have to start at least 15 games this year for the Rangers, if not 30, if, if he's healthy. Uh, I think he can improve from last year. I thought we saw, to your point, he did his job when he was a reliever in the playoffs in situations where he'd have to kind of come in early in a game. He did his job and gave the team uh, still a chance to win those games. Seven and two-thirds innings in the playoffs. In five appearances, he gave up one run, yeah. to your point. So, hey, feel so, great about that. So that would be in the in the biggest situations, obviously, playoffs. He did great out of the pen. So you would lean towards maybe he's a better relief option than he is a starting option. Uh, you know, last year, obviously, in limited time, uh, and I don't have it broken down here. He had a 5-3 ERA. Right. He had five starts, and he had three relief appearances in the major leagues. So his sample size isn't big. So I go back to the minor leagues, and it's interesting he kind of came out of nowhere because when you look at in 2022 in AA, he was 10 and 7 with a 501 ERA in Frisco. And that's as a starting pitcher. Yeah. But then last year in AAA, in his 14 starts, he goes 9 and 2 with a 363 ERA. So there was a huge jump in, in what he was able to do from 2022 to 2023. I think in a perfect world, you're healthy enough that you can move Cody Bradford to um, a multi-inning type of guy, a guy that maybe you just use for one inning if you need it on a certain night. But I think where the Rangers are today, I hope he's best suited to be a starter because I think for April, May, and June, he's going to be a starting pitcher here. When I look back at the, you know what he was last year, Kevin, it was kind of a bridge to get to the next Evaldi moment or uh, you know, at times. Remember, there were – Lots of moments where it was like, okay, who's going tonight? And then they'd be like, well, Cody Bradford is. And Bochi came on with us a couple different times, and he was like, it's not like we're forcing this kid to do it. He's earned this. His, and Mike just pointed out his numbers, how they, how they changed. He's actually earned this spot. Now, earning the next spot is what he's attempting to do, and that's, kinda, that's where he is at the moment. I am so happy that you used the particular word bridge because this is Bruce Bochi. And I just thought this this quote was really interesting, talking about Bradford. He was so valuable in the bullpen. He did such a great job of being the bridge to our high-leverage guys. In fact, at times, he was one of our high-leverage guys. There are things that we're talking about and discussing with him. But he showed he can start, and right now, we need starters. So that is an option. It's a good option to have. And then he talked about how flexibility is great and everything like that. So even from Bochi. It, you can you can hear like he loves the flexibility, but perhaps he also thinks that Bradford would be a better fit for them in the bullpen. But I wanted to ask you one more question because Cody Bradford said something that Mike, I'm sure you and a lot of pitchers can speak on. I'm not saying that this has to be the case whatsoever, but the stigma at times, especially if you go to the bullpen for long relief, is that you got demoted. Mm -hmm. Is is that a fair? Most of the time, okay. that's how you feel. If if they move you to a long reliever, you're going to do your job to your best ability, and but inside, you're going to feel like, dang, you know. Okay. The money's it. Like, tell me the long reliever 
that sure. gets paid. And sure. the reason that they pay is because a starter is way more valuable than a long reliever. But sometimes that ends up being your role. Yeah. And so Cody Bradford said he feels comfortable out of the pen, but that, quote, his heart and soul is in starting. I, I, I'm I'm curious if you could, and I, and I appreciate what you're saying right there, if you could elaborate a little bit more. Was there ever a time, I know probably not in high school, but like ever in the minors, ever in Major League Baseball, where they're like, hey, we're going to need you as a long reliever, not a starter. Kevin, can I can I give my own like? Did this happen to you? This not in the same oh, okay. way, but I'm excited for that. But when we were when we were a weekend show, okay, uh, they would say, hey, come in and and start for us for a couple weeks, and we'd go hey, on and yeah. we or we'd do a week, we'd fill in for whichever show back in the day, and then they'd go, all right, thanks a lot, man, and pat us on the butt and send us back to the weekends, and it was just like the energy. You're and I, I like I Reggie uh, a lot of times he'll go back and forth on hosting, and then he's producing, and it's kind of like you're having this moment of. Dang, am I ever going to crack through? Is this all that I I can do? And so, and also your your energy for it, your passion for it. You're like, I still want to do the best, but the adrenaline rush of being a starter, the adrenaline rush of going out there on this game, is completely different. And I, I presume, Mike, I mean, I'm, that's a, this is a different thing. But yeah. I I feel like that's where you're kind of. He said his heart, his soul is in starting. Yeah. That's what he wants to accomplish in his career. Yeah, and that's. I mean, you know, I know I go to the financial part of it, but let's be honest. Like people that do nighttime radio make not very much money. You know, fair. Um, and there's a reason they're not paying a lot of money for nighttime radio, and there's a reason that they pay more money for somewhere between six a.m. and seven p.m. because those are your starting spots. And it's nothing against the people they want. They're working their way or trying to become, uh, you know, a person that can work somewhere 6A to 7P. But you do feel that way. You do feel like, what can I do to become a starting pitcher? Now, you want to stay in the major leagues. The thing is, is you don't want to be like, I want to be a starter so bad, just send me to AAA. You want to stay in the major leagues because there's going to be plenty of games that you're going to get opportunity to show you can get major league hitters out. And you can't show you can get major league hitters out in AAA and, and AA. That, it's impossible to know. That's why, hey, it's there. And you look at him and you go, I think he can, whether it's hit in the major leagues or pitch in the major leagues. But you don't know until they face major league pitching or major league hitting. But he's going to have to do this. For Cody Bradford to be a successful pitcher this year in the first three months and to keep his job and to thrive at his job, He's got to find a third pitch. His fastball last year, batting average against, and I know these are not a lot of numbers because he didn't pitch a lot of innings. 260 batting average against. I can live with that. That's fine. He's not a strikeout guy. There's going to be contact against him. 260 is fine. I can live with that. Against his changeup, 200 batting average against his changeup. He threw those two pitches. You can help me out with math here. 54% and 28%. Those are the pitches he okay. used. Okay, so 82% of the time, that's what he's throwing out there. So four out of every five pitches and, and that's really tough to be just a two-pitch pitcher and not a strikeout guy with one of those pitches. His slider and curveball. Curveball he barely threw, but I'm going to give you the batting averages on these two pitches. 333 and 500. So that's where, why was he a better yeah. reliever than yeah. he was a starter? Well, as a reliever, I'm throwing anywhere from 10 pitches to, let's say, 50 pitches in a long relief outing. Well, if I only throw, on average, 30 pitches, I can get away more with I threw 17 fastballs and 13 changeups. Yeah. When I throw 100 pitches, 
and I throw, I'm just guesstimating here, but I throw 55 fastballs and 28 change-ups, they're going to see that pitch more and more and more. So those are the two pitches I go to. So the one thing that Cody Bradford, I hope, is out of spring training, he feels more confident because he's executing a slider or a curveball better. And one of the things that we were talking about off air is who's that candidate to replace him if if I like this is my thought but who's going to replace him because that's a hard learning curve for Jack Leiter or your Cole Wynn who's been lingering for the last two years do you think that Owen White's ready is Zach Kent ready do you think I, I don't know like Adrian Sampson can do something similar I it just does not feel like there's you, you a what? viable option straight away. You're right. I wonder this. Good. To try to do this, and it's not easy to do this because you need all four other guys to stay healthy because you're taking a risk here because all it takes is one guy to go bad. Would you, if, if you feel like Cody Bradford isn't a great five- or six-inning pitcher in the major leagues, but he's a good three-inning pitcher. He can yeah. kind of get through a lineup once and maybe face a couple of guys twice. Would you combine? Would you have a combo platter of Cody Bradford and Adrian Sampson? Yes. So I, I have would. a lefty and a righty. I'm protecting this game. I'm trying to win this game. I now need these two pitchers, though. They have to get me 18 outs. Yeah. Because I'm burning Sampson for pretty much the next two days, and then that third day, maybe I can throw him an inning because I'm planning on throwing him another two to three innings. And maybe you look at teams. They and did that last year a lot of times. I mean, it felt like Martin Perez got paired up with some other starter, and they were they were expected to get you seven innings yeah, uh, in a game I, last year. Are you sure times. it wasn't with Heaney? Maybe it was with Heaney, but yeah, and, and they went lefty lefty there. They were like, yeah. but that was no no what no. They I'm had. saying like it was. You sure Martin Perez was just a two or three inning starter? Uh, not even a starter. I think he would come in in second half yeah. of games. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm trying to remember who he got paired up with, but that could be something that they look at. Yeah with Bradford and go, yeah, he's a starter, but we're facing, and I'm sorry, I don't know lineups right now. The, I have no clue of the Cubs lineup, like, all together. What if the Cubs only have Cody Bellinger and one other guy as a left-handed hitter? Well, maybe you start Adrian Sampson mm. in that game. Yeah, you go, no, I get what you're Adrian saying. Adrian is going to face this lineup because it's primarily a right-handed lineup, and Bradford's actually going to come in relief. So maybe I'm hoping Sampson gives me four innings today. Bradford gives me two, and then you face a team that has five left-handed hitters in it the next time, and you look at it and go, Bradford's starting today. Sampson will be the one that we're looking for two innings of relief. And, Kevin, I mean, this part of the conversation is obviously like the first half because everything sure. could change in the second half of the season or late in the season whenever you got – now, obviously, I they have to be really healthy. Up. But, like, Dane Dunning, he could be pushed to five. Uh, at some point, because you're bringing back, you know, Degrom, Scherzer, uh, Malley might have is sure. Malley later in the season as well. Yeah, they're hoping at, all of them after the All Star break. I think they're probably later on Jacob Degrom, yeah. probably closer to mid August. Yeah, if, if hopeful for Degrom, but that could all like shift down. And then where's Cody Bradford trying to find? He's he's probably like, you know what? This is the role I, the only role I have. Yeah, uh, and, and I guess there's a lot that goes into the conversation of how good do they do. And then you're like, you're not. There's no way you're not putting Degrom back out there as a starter. You're paying him too much. Yeah. So sorry, man. That's just the way business is. Well, and that's where, obviously, Boris is holding out. But then we get the reports of, hey, you know, not from Chris Young, not from yeah. Bruce Bochy, 
the Jordan Montgomery thing. If Jordan Montgomery were to somehow sign a one-year contract or a two-year contract with the Rangers, it does push Bradford or Heaney. They might see Heaney as a more valuable bullpen piece because of kind of his slingshot action. So then you'd have to be making a decision on that. But that is – that would be a dream come true, I think, for Ranger fans is if we heard in the next week or so that Jordan Montgomery's coming back on a one- or two-year deal. I'm, I'm not saying that is going to happen. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We are live from Surprise Stadium for Texas Rangers spring training. Coming up next, though, we're not going to ignore what else is happening in the Metroplex. Mavs, Raptors, big win. And then is this the first time in a long time The Mavericks are actually a deep team. Let's talk about a next right here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Found an outlet in Washington. Back to Doncic. Fade away. Oh, my goodness. Blow out the candles. Luka hits the extremely difficult shot. Drawing the foul as well. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan. We are live at Surprise Stadium in Arizona, where the big story of the day, we're going to talk about the Mavericks, is the grounds crew apparently running afoul of Corey Majors oh, no. thus far this morning. Um, what's, what's the deal? What's your deal? That sound drives me insane. Of the leaf blower? The leaf blower sound drives me nuts. And right when you think that he's done, he starts back up. And you're like, what is happening over here? And, Mike, all he's really doing, there's some areas at the stadium that get condensation and create puddles. All he's really doing is drying out the puddles. But it drives me nuts because it reminds me of a time, Kevin, when I worked nights and I would have to wake up in the morning, get the kids off to school, get back home and try to go take like a two-hour nap if I could because we had small windows. And then all of a sudden somebody's lawn guy would show up. And now I have to hear that that droning for the next hour and a half. I'm not going to get any sleep. So, And I, I want to raise this window, man. I want people to get the ambiance of that, not of leaf blower guy. My apologies. Is that not also ambiance? There's my guy Jake. Look how hard he's working on the, on so, the right-handed batter's box. So quietly and calmly brushing dirt into another pile. 
Uh, it's a it's a wonderful. Jake is my favorite. All right, oh, leaf blower so guy. Get out of here. You know it's amazing watching Jake right now do the batter's box. When you go to dirt fields where they have tournaments and stuff in Dallas Fort Worth, I'm not sure you can see the kid by the uh, Sunday games. You because step into the Grand Canyon. The holes are so big. Oh, yeah. You're like, it's like dang, the end like, of Wimbledon or whatever. Yeah, with the courts all torn up. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, just I get it. Like it's tough to maintain dirt fields. That's why so many high schools that if they have the money are going to just turf fields to get rid of dirt and grass. But I do love the dirt grass field, but you do have to put a lot of work into it to, to keep it nice. And then oh, go ahead. I, was, I would also like to put public pressure on Derek Holland. We're in the midst of a conversation with him, and he just said hello to both of us. Tolos, Twolos, YouTubers, is Derek Holland still in Arizona? Why is he not coming on our show? He's about an hour away. Oh, man. That's unbelievable. We're in a different state together, and he's an hour away. He's about an hour away. Come I'm, I'm on might, the show. I might see him tonight. I might see him tonight. Has that help our audience? Yeah. I can interview him. Will you? I mean, I can. Okay, I great. I don't know. Do you want me to? I want you to ask the hard-hitting question. I told him I missed him on Sunday night when I got here. Yeah? What did he say? And then he came out? He didn't. Well, he yeah, might, yeah, he I came know. out to Arizona, but not to see us or the yeah. Rangers. He just came out to, I think, play golf and hang out with friends. Kevin, can I? Can I? We go back to the highlight that opened yes. uh, the segment. Yes. And Alec, would you mind pulling this up because blow out the candle? I want you yes. to. I want you to hear uh, Derek Harper and how uh, like baffled he is at what he just saw. Just listen to the Derek Harper moment at the end of this cut. Found an outlet in Washington. Back to Doncic. Fade away. Oh, my goodness. Blow out the candles. Luka hits the extremely difficult shot, drawing the foul as well. <laughs> he goes, you, you, you. Oh. You know, He's just exasperated like, you by it all. You make so much fun of me, aren't you? <laughs> it sounded like Mike when he was about to go on the counterattack of something he doesn't agree with. And he's like, <laughs> like waiting. You're like, I'm ready. I, I want to say words, but I'm trying to let you finish your sentence. Yeah. But he was just, he was so exasperated by it. Like, you just don't see stuff like what that guy does. Now, it looked like this segment might be exasperating for all of us after the first half. Now, we were kind of combo watching this while we were at the team dinner. And at halftime, I know, Mike, you were just like, well... We're losing. <laughs> and was it one point, right? And then they poured it on in the third quarter. Obviously, Luca was phenomenal. And we can talk about that if you want. But I wanted to talk about the broader concept that we've been discussing for a couple of weeks is usable depth. And is this a deeper Mavs team than we've seen in, I don't know, some time? Jason Kidd said specifically, we're deep. This is the first time the Mavs have been deep in a long time. And I know we like to used to pretend right. how deep we were right. because we had the best 8th through 12th guys in the league. But now it feels like the Mavericks have depth in terms of what you would see in the playoffs. So think about it this way. I agree with everything you just said. In the playoffs in 2022, the Mavericks used at most a seven-man rotation. At times, they had yep. to use a six-man rotation. You were playing Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie, I believe, 43 minutes a night on a consistent basis in the playoffs. Obviously, you were playing Brunson and Luka, 40-plus minutes. Dwight Powell was pretty much out of the rotation because he can't play in this league. So, like, 
you're just looking and you're like, this is this is tough. And and you thought not only is Golden State better than the Dallas Mavericks, but they have to be tired after playing a six game series against Utah, a seven game series against Phoenix, and they're pretty much going with a six man at times, sometimes a seven man rotation. This year, I would say you're going to have at least eight players. If you make the real playoffs and you play in yeah, a seven-game yeah. series, you're going to play. That eighth guy is going to play 15 to 25 minutes, give or take. You might even play a ninth that's guy what, 10 minutes. That's what I think. Because Exum came back. Nine. Yeah. So maybe, you know, you have to be careful. Obviously, when it's playoffs and it's do or die and the, the timeouts are longer, yeah. you know, Luke is probably going to play 44 minutes out of the 48. So that means there's four minutes for his spot, you know, yeah. for, for a bench guy. And if Kyrie's healthy, you have to watch his minutes. But I do think that this is the deepest the team has been. They're not this good. This is the deepest the team has been since the championship team. Because Mark Cuban just, I mean, I hate saying this. I'm not like, I don't hate Mark Cuban. I've met him multiple times. I don't, we don't really know each other well. But he, he had done a pretty pathetic job after the championship. And we gave him that leeway to be like, no, he knows. He knows he's getting Chris Paul. He knows he's getting Dwight Howard. Or he knows he's getting Darren Williams. And he got none of them. And it was confusing because you were trusting him after the championship. Okay, fine. You're letting Tyson Chandler walk. Fine. Like, you must know what you're doing. You just won a championship. But from 2012 through about 2019, you're like, what the hell are you doing? You know, yes. when you go back and look, yes. and he just is very bad at evaluating NBA talent. He's a great entrepreneur. It doesn't mean just because you're a great entrepreneur, you can judge talent in the NBA. Do you think that, and we'll start with the regular season. We'll get to the playoffs in a minute. How, do you think Exum is going to be taking some of Hardaway's minutes? And that could be a week-by-week basis where you're like, it's hot Hardaway. Kinda I'm wish, not taking him out. kind of wish Hardy could take some of Tim Hardaway's minutes. That's what it seemed like the other like day when he sailed. was cold. When yeah. Hardaway was cold, they brought in Hardy. Now, Exum wasn't available for True. that game. It's like the offense off the bench. Exum's not going to give you offense off the bench. He's going to give you defense, maybe a nice pass or two to set a guy up, a drive. The, he fills in the gaps. Yeah, he's, things. but like Hardy and Hardaway – are the guys that are you're hoping the instant offense that you get 20 minutes from one of those guys and they give you 15 points because they were hot. So that's going to be really tough on Jason Kidd because I'm with you on Hardy. But when do you quit on a Hardaway? Like in a game, he's 0 for his first six. That can there's a 50 percent chance that's what yeah. he's going to do. Yeah, there's a 50 percent chance he's going to go four of six. Yeah, uh, and have 11 points in two minutes. So when do you quit on a guy who never knows he's hot or cold? He's just in his mind. He's always on, you know, and that's a, that's a tough decision because Hardaway can go 0 for 6 and then make his next three shots, and he's not going to be afraid to take the next three shots. But, yeah, you have depth with Kleba coming off the bench, Gafford coming off the bench. Then you have Hardaway coming off the bench, possibly Exum, Derek Jones Jr. Uh, you know, you can, you, now you're like, wait a second. They did it. Anytime Dwight Powell is considered one of your 10 best players, you have no depth on your team. Like that, that'll be my line for do you have depth? If I put Dwight Powell on your team, is he one of your 10 best players? You if he won, is, Mike. You don't have to you worry don't have about depth. it anymore. And he was always, for the last eight years, he's been one of your 10 best players on your team. So you don't have depth. And so now he's pushed his way out of the 10 best players on your team, which to me would consider, yes. This team is deep enough that if you get in foul trouble, something happens in a game, you can go in another direction off your bench 
and you still have a guy who's competent in an NBA playoff game. You know what I thought was really funny is it wasn't last night, but it was a couple of games ago, is the discussion for P.J. Washington was, hey, did this feel like playoff basketball out there? And he goes, I don't know. I've never been in the playoffs. <laughs> and, like, yeah. that's got to spark you right there yeah. is all the Rangers players we've talked about is, like, they're focused here, they're focused now, but they were like, everything you play for is to get back to the playoffs and do that. And P.J. Washington's got to be pumped right now. I think so. He did P.J. Washington last night. He was great. He started off, he found a rhythm early, and I think that that might be an important factor for him is to find something early. Maybe, look, Luca's going to get his. And Jason Kidd even said that the other day. Luca's going to get his. He can get his in 30 minutes. He can get it in 25 minutes. Luca can get his in whatever. He wants to play all the minutes. That's just what Luca is. But if Luca can look around and say, hey, man, let me get these guys going a little earlier, maybe that's the solution for a P.J. Washington is he just needs to find it early. So then, as you were saying, he's not even trying to run clock off late in the game because he's just like, I'm still getting mine. I'm yeah. filling up the bucket, baby. So maybe that's the it's, factor for him. It's always weird because there's been a zillion coaches who've had P.J. Washingtons in all sports, and they can't figure out. I'll tell you who fits in that category a little bit for the Dallas Cowboys. Brandon Cooks. He's been on so many teams because so many teams see the talent and yeah. they're like, I'm going to get a number one receiver out of him. Now, I think I think at this point, the NFL has moved on from he's never going to be a number one. It was yeah, it wasn't smart. Enough, but he's a he's a good number two receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. But still, we were asking six, seven weeks into the season. Hey, where is he? Why? Why is he not doing anything? And then, you know, he'd have a breakout game. And for two weeks, you'd be like, all right, this is the Cooks we want. And then the next game would be, I don't know, I'm just guesstimating, two catches for 22 yards. Like, what happened to Brandon Cooks? Where did he go? And so there's guys in all sports who are P.J. Washingtons, who coaches and general managers go, I can – that game, that 23-point game, I'm not saying he's going to average 23 or 25, whatever he got last night, but – I can get a consistent 16 points a game. I'm going to get him to average 16 points. His bad games are going to be 10. His good games are going to be 22. But I know most nights I can count on him to give me around 16 points. That's the goal of the Dallas Mavericks and P.J. Washington throughout these next three years. I don't assume that they're going to fix this issue when they've had him for three weeks. I think that's very fair. And now we look ahead to tomorrow in a Boston game that – for Boston, obviously, they've been playing exceedingly well all year. It feels like Jason Tatum is finally breaking some people down and getting pushed into the MVP conversation. Is This does feel like a really big game for the Mavericks, especially because they lost that Cavs game. If they would have beaten the Cavs and the Raptors, I would have thought, hey, like if you can win this game, rock on. If not, but this feels like a game if you win, not only does it help you get closer to the five seed, it maybe throws out a little bit of, hey, here we come. It kind of the that, that mindset like we were talking about with the Cowboys where, hey, it's time to play a good team. And yeah. they just like, yeah. well, we didn't show up today. <laughs> Whoops. And then, like, yeah, the ability to put a, hey, guys, we're here. Everybody keeps saying this. I mean, I know I was listening with Sean and RJ this morning, you, even toloing out here in Arizona, Kevin. That's how we do. Turn on, leave it on. And I was, uh, I heard the Kendrick Perkins talking about how dangerous this team is. Really? The, oh yeah. He and he's just, he's That's just, he's okay. like, look, like I've been, 
saying the whole time, Luca is this. He's probably the greatest. They're the 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 him and Kyrie are the probably the best uh, duo of scorers in the NBA right now. The he said that kid in Washington that they added, PJ Washington. I love that too. And then he's like, in that this kid Derek Lively, but he's going on and on. He's gushing about the team because they're you know they're kind of in that position. But he, like I think you're starting to hear more people around the NBA not necessarily saying NBA championship for the Mavericks, but nobody wants to see them. You're starting to hear more and more people say that, and I think a game like that against Boston would be one of those that they could really put the stamp on and say, hey, I don't want to play against that team. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We're out here at Surprise Stadium for Texas Rangers Spring Training, brought to you by the new $1.99 Crispy Tender Wraps for a limited time only at Sonic. Mm. Mm. It's so good. good. Coming up next, so it's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Bassett. Well, let's talk about what we're going to see today versus the Brew Crew. And, man, Broadus has to be happy. The Brewers are in town. <laughs> next. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan. We're live from Surprise Stadium. Thank you very much to the on-time experts as well as Best Buy Windows and Siding for making that happen. And right now, it's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Basak. All right. So the Rangers, for the first time since we were here, played at their home field in Surprise, Arizona. They get to do it again today against the Milwaukee Brewers. Let's go backwards until we go forwards. I like it. Huh? Okay, yesterday, we already talked about Cody Bradford. I thought he was solid. I, yeah. Look, it's February. Was I going to go? The only thing that would have surprised me was like last year when we were here around this time, and Cole Reagans was throwing 98 miles an hour. And yes. I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> I was like, I do not remember Cole Reagans throwing 98 miles an hour in 2022, and he had improved his velocity by about four miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, so there was nothing like that from Bradford. He was throwing 88 to 91 when I saw the gun. It was only two innings, and that's to start off spring training. It's solid. Guys throw a lot harder now. Um, what I mean by that is not just velocity-wise. They are going after it a lot harder in February than we were ever allowed to in spring oh, training. Really? You weren't even allowed to like let it loose for the first five to seven days of spring training it was catch and they would tell you in your bullpens to we want you throwing your bullpens at about 75 to 80 percent and i hated it yeah but they just wanted to kind of slowly build you into spring training and i was like man i've been throwing like 70 pitch bullpens at a hundred percent effort i want to keep going but then you also want the coaches to know that you're listening to them and you're doing what they're asking. So I would always uh, back off. Why do you think that changed? Like, why are you, they letting guys do that right I think now? Obviously they're like, you guys are coming in throwing like, are you, if you're ready, let's go. Okay. I, but I don't know. I, I don't know the, the 
analytics behind it. I don't know the science behind it. I don't know the coaching behind it, but it changed into as soon as you get here and it used to be this, your first two bullpen sessions and your first live batting practice, you weren't allowed to throw any breaking balls. It had to be fastball change up or just fastballs. That, that was it. That sounds like the, the age based pitching training that you give out when you're like, Nope, you have to be this old or this advanced yeah. to be able to throw breaking balls. And so they arms. would, yep. they, they just wanted you for those first 10 days to one, not go a hundred percent. And then two, not throw any breaking balls. And then, I mean, for me, my breaking ball was always horrible. My first two or three outings in spring training, because I'm like, well, you guys took it for 10 to. days. Yeah. I couldn't throw one. And then if you're throwing a curveball, it's more of a feel pitch. If you're throwing a slider, it's more of just throw it as hard as you can. Okay. And so that's a little bit um, easier to do when you're just trying to throw it as hard as you can. And it's not as big of a break. You're just kind of throwing it off of your fastball. So yesterday, seeing Cody Bradford, he was fine in his two innings. There was nothing that stood out, nothing good, nothing bad. He was fine. Now, on the other side, obviously, it was the story of all of spring training yesterday, and that was the debut of Yamamoto. And I was impressed. I was too. Uh, watching him pitch, I, was, I thought it was weird the way he warmed up from 200 feet away not doing any replacement steps slash crow hop, whichever one you want to call, call it, really getting his legs into the throw. Now, I'm not saying he didn't get his legs into the throw, but usually a coach would say you're not getting your legs into the throw from this distance because you're not kind of getting that crow hop type of situation. That's where you see, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, when an outfielder throws the ball, let's say to home plate, you see them really plant that back leg on kind of a replacement step or a crow hop to get as much into the throw as possible so they can throw it as far and as hard as they can on a straight line. And usually when you see pitchers warm up before games, they're all usually throwing long toss. Some of your sinker ball pitchers won't, like Brandon Webb's my buddy, and he would say, I never wanted to throw a ball past 90 feet. He never wanted to feel like he was getting almost in a weird way complete full extension because he, uh. he wanted his sinker to sink. He didn't want it to stay straight, you know, at that 55 foot mark or so, or that 50 foot mark, he wanted the ball to be diving. He did not want the ball to keep carrying okay. to the catcher. Yeah, yeah. And so watching Yamamoto, his fastball was getting on the hitters and then his split was tremendous. He, you know, against Simeon against Nate Lowe, uh, it was it was devastating, uh, and then his breaking ball was good. His breaking ball wasn't oh my gosh, but his breaking ball was good. I thought it was the fastball, the kind of the look of it. Even though it said ninety four, ninety six, and it's spring training and it's February, the hitters looked like it was getting on them quicker than ninety four, ninety six. But this is where, in a weird way. I don't know this. I don't know the science of this at all. And obviously, most teams hate pitchers under six feet tall. That is the death of your pitching. Like, I'm praying that my son, who can pitch, who's five foot nine, gets three more inches of height. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I know for a lot of colleges and for a lot of professional teams, the death of a pitcher is being under six feet tall. And Yamamoto is maybe 5'11, and I might be stretching it there. I think he's listed at 5'11. But he looked short. He looked he looked little, but sometimes li guys that I played with that are shorter guys, it seemed like their fastball 
got on guys quicker. It almost had like this extra carry, and I'm wondering because they're not getting the downward angle on the pitch as much as a taller guy would, is that the ball, in a way, it can't do this, but in a way, is the ball looking like it's rising mm -hmm. to the hitter? Even yeah. though it's not, it's impossible for the ball to rise, is when you're shorter, you got to throw the ball harder than taller guys, but does it, I think to the hitter, it must look like it's rising because it is coming from an angle that's more like, starting at your chin rather than starting above your head yeah whenever whenever that it does come out of their hand too you know even as their hand motion goes down it looks like it's still kind of coming from that area although he already released it probably you know a couple inches higher but by the time they pick it up mike it does i've seen him throw a number of times like from a catcher's view and it does kind of have that look to it as, yeah. it as it comes in it's pretty interesting have you guys ever seen otani in person Today, I mean, yesterday, yesterday you saw him in yeah, person. Yeah, I went. I, I definitely saw him at a game last year. Okay. Yeah, we've seen him in person a few times. I thought about this after our show was over, and then the game was over. I got back to the hotel, and I was like, "Otani does something to me Whoa. that Mark that it makes me feel okay. like I'm seeing somebody special, like I'm seeing okay. Michael Jordan, or I'm seeing LeBron James, or I'm seeing Patrick Mahomes." I don't know how many baseball players do that for me. I don't know how many baseball players do that for you. He didn't play yesterday. All he did was he was here to watch Yamamoto. After the third inning, he left and went back to their complex. And did you see, like, the giant horde of both fans and media following and watching them as they left? What was crazy was while he was standing out there in center field doing his warm-up with, you know, just, like, pitching warm-up, is there were at least nine dudes over here that are all specifically watching him. They were all like wearing pullovers with the Dodgers, but they looked like they were maybe some people he brought yeah. with him, but they were all just watching him. And I was like, that seems like an overkill for the job, but well, they were, that was their job. And the reporters that were back where we were, where we sat during part of the game. And I, I promise we'll get back to Otani. Yeah. It was really interesting. They were only, taking note of Yamamoto yeah. and so when the Dodgers were hitting they they didn't pay attention right. to the game at all yeah. and that was wild to me yeah I just when it comes to Otani he's one I think he's one of those guys maybe I'm maybe it's just for me but I think when the audience sees Otani Yamamoto was cool that's his first time to pitch but I think when the audience sees they did. Otani walk by them and yeah. go to the dugout, or you see Otani, it's like you're seeing Shaquille O'Neal for the first time when He's he was with the dude. Orlando Magic. Like, you know you're seeing something special when you see Otani in person. He doesn't even have to play, and you're like, that is Shohei Otani. It's definitely not just you, because you could hear, for a person that was in regular clothes, yeah. you could hear a palpable buzz yeah. throughout the stadium when he came out. Even we were like, Oh crap! There's Otani, but you could hear like, oh my god, there's Otani. That you could hear the buzz throughout the crowd. It is really cool. Now I know I'm running out of time here. Uh, Yamamoto six up, six down. Look impre looked impressive to me. He's going to have a lot of strikeouts on that split finger, and then he's going to elevate that fastball off of that pitch. So I think he's going to be an all-star pitcher this year. I don't think he's going to win the Cy Young. I won't put it past him, but I, I wouldn't pick him to win the Cy Young. But I will pick him to win Rookie of the Year in the National League, and then to make the All-Star team. Also, the buzz that he'll create, too, yeah. that you want him in the All-Star game. Evan Carter, he was the only person to get a hit off of Yamamoto. First pitch was a off-speed pitch for a strike. Next pitch was a fastball, and he said, hey, watch out. Watch your lips, because he's going right back up the middle. Do you know who's at bat I really love? That's amazing. 
I haven't heard that in a long time. I appreciate it. But you know who's at bat I loved was Marcus Simeon because he's like, I'm going to swing at every pitch yeah. you have. <laughs> yeah. he, you he, know, he did get it to two and two before yeah. he struck out, right? And I know it was a bit of a different approach, but Ezekiel Duran had a really good day yesterday. Yes, uh, he, he hit did. the ball really hard, yeah. made really good contact. And had a Did he have a stand-up triple? Triple Kevin? against Joe Kelly. Yeah. He had a great play in the hole yeah. for yeah. that yeah. short. And that I, was and tremendous. As we've been discussing, if that dude can – if he can Evan Carter it and just harness the strike yeah. zone, he could be an invaluable asset. Yeah, and he also – you know, we talked about him having just that kind of – you know, if he's getting pushed around the field in, in different areas, it, that seemed to also affect his hitting mm. too. Now – uh, today is Nathan Ivaldi, who seems to also be an assistant pitching coach on the Texas Rangers, uh, which is great, like not in a bad way, in a good way. He just seems to want to help out as much as he can all of his fellow pitchers. Uh, he'll throw a few innings today. Maybe he gets up to three innings. I have not heard if it's two or three innings. That'll be fun to watch. For sure. Just to see where he's at. I remember last year, the first month, he wasn't a great starting pitcher because he really was just a two-pitch pitcher. He was a fastball split finger guy. His breaking ball was just way too inconsistent to rely upon. Batting average was well over 300 against that. And then in May is when he found that third pitch. And when he found that third pitch to go with his fastball and a split finger, that's when he took off and became the all-star, became at, at one point a Cy Young candidate yes. around the all-star break. I don't know the lineup yet. I looked before this segment started. I didn't see it. I'm going to head back here in a little bit, in about 45 minutes. I do know that Andrew Heaney is throwing on field three against Wyatt Lankford, mm. against Evan Carter, and against Leody Tavares. So I'm, I might concentrate on field three. And I'm wondering this. Evan Carter hit against Yamamoto. They bring in a, a lefty minor leaguer. I'm not saying he's not good. He's obviously in big league camp. But he struck him out pretty easily. And it yeah. wasn't even on a good pitch. It was yeah. on a hanging breaking ball. It's February. But Evan Carter the more he can see off of left-handers, and maybe that's why he's back there hitting off a of Heaney today. Like, we need to get him to see a lot of at-bats against lefties because if we want him to play every day, he can't be an under-200 hitter against Agreed. lefties and then an over-300 hitter against righties. There, It has to be like, even if it's 240, can you be 240 against lefties? And Because we know he's going to bat 300 or above against righties. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, what the past decade says about the Rangers' prospects defending their world title, plus a really cool thing that's happening at Surprise Stadium today. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. 
Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.